Welcome to the Humanitarian Incidents Podcast, brought to you by the Security Incident Information Management Project. Throughout this series, we've been looking at different aspects and perspectives of incident information and humanitarian security risk management. Each episode features humanitarian experts from Geneva to South Sudan, doing everything from research to operations. We discuss how better understanding, management and use of incident information can improve organisations' risk management and access to crisis-affected populations. This episode is called Building Trust at Field Level, The National Perspective. And I'm speaking with Noor Kosai Bani, the security lead for the IRC in Lebanon. Noor Kosai Bani, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. If we could start with you just reminding us who you are and what it is you do, please. So my name is Noor. I'm the safety and security senior manager for IRC in Lebanon. Uh, my role actually consists of maintaining oversight uh, on safety and security policies and strategies in the country and uh, developing contextual analysis that um, also provide uh, direct support to field uh, officers. The main purpose uh, of the Department uh, of Security is to enable safe programming and implementation and to meet, to meet the mandate of IRC. Okay, great. Let me start then by asking you about security risk management. Much work on security risk management and incident information is seen to be for the safety and security of international staff. So why do you see it as important for national staff as well? Uh, actually, yes, there is a perception of uh, that the work around security management incident and incident reporting is seen to be directed for safety and security of international staff. Whereas for us, people who are doing security management on a daily basis, it's of the same importance uh, for national staff. And let me start with numbers. Uh, national staff constitute the majority of aid staff in country program, and that's mainly due to different reasons. And according to Aid Worker Security Report in 2018, there was an overall of 313 victims among the humanitarian workers, where 285 are national and 28 are international, which makes it, makes it obvious and clear that the national staff are the people who are working on frontline and the first responder are facing the risks in the field. The risks uh, actually faced by national staff are different from those faced by international staff uh, because of the wider exposure uh, that put uh, national staff under more risks. This um, says it clear something that uh, security management and incident information is very important for national staff too. And here we come to the boiling frog syndrome, where if you put a frog in a boiling water, it will immediately jump out. If instead you put the same frog in a room temperature water and slowly increase the heat, it will not sense the danger and may boil to death. The same concept applies here, where it explains the behavior of national staff versus international staff, who may recklessly face themselves to risk assuming that this is normal. And people can become slowly a victim of uh, the boiling frog syndrome. And people, when people get used to violence in their environment and tend to soften or downplay the risk they face. Uh, 
Here comes actually the role of uh, international NGOs to mitigate the present risk regarding whether uh, faced by national or international staff. And there are two, two main things. Uh, the restriction of access for international staff in high-risk areas or high-risk environment uh, countries and the increased reliance of national staff explain clearly why INGOs should place security management for national staff as, as their priority. And uh, in addition to what I've just said, I think uh, it falls under the organization duty of care uh, policy. Uh, I have an example from uh, Lebanon where uh, uh, during a period of time uh, there was uh, a num there were a number of uh, uh, checkpoints uh, for um, state and non-state actors on uh, our way to field to our field sites, and this became uh, very much as a routine, and staff stopped reporting and communicating these checkpoints. And uh, this uh, put us uh, to say that uh, it affected our trend analysis uh, because we, this wasn't reported to us and um, as it is perceived as normal. On the other hand, there is a reality that INGOs should look more into, uh, into it, which is the perception by national staff uh, that INGOs tend to put much attention and focus on international staff safety and security. And this may be mitigated through providing security training for national staff, awareness sessions, and make them part of the decision making through uh, consulta consulting them. So as someone who works in Lebanon, what are your major security concerns and how would sharing information help you feel safe? Uh, the security concerns in Lebanon uh, are mainly under the categories of uh, civil unrest, road traffic accident, crime, and external conflict. And sharing information is very important when it comes to trend analysis uh, and creating a reporting uh, culture. And also, it improves the system in place by monitoring potential problems as persist. Uh, it's uh, also uh, incident uh, information incident is beyond just reporting the incident. It is analyzing the event and respond to it and see how and what could have been uh, done better and differently. And also build on the lessons learned from this incident to inform our future decisions. And what would you do to improve information sharing amongst national staff and with local organizations? So uh, information sharing is a two-way relationship from the organization from one side and from the staff uh, from the other side. Uh, for instance, creating a culture of uh, incident reporting is very important by encouraging staff to report incidents outside working hours and nearly missed. Generally, there is a compliance issue and resistance uh, to report these kinds of, uh, uh, of incidents, especially the nearly missed uh, or minor slash non-critical incidents. Actually, this is doable uh, through weather tailored session uh, orientation and briefing, and the tailored sessions uh, would emphasize and highlight on the importance of uh, incident reporting. Uh, we should also highlight that a big number of uh, risks can be mitigated 
through risk awareness and good discipline and lessons learned from previous incidents. Emphasizing on the importance and the aim of information sharing is very useful, whether through immediate reaction to the incident uh, and documenting and benefiting from lessons learned, which, um, which may shape our context analysis and inform our decision in the future. On organizational level, uh, there is something to be done also uh, through making sure that the information security is embedded in the organization and, pro uh, and program uh, structure. Uh, in Lebanon, uh, we make sure actually of, uh, act uh, of technology to activate information sharing. We use them to alert uh, or inform staff about an incident or any concerns in the field. And this is used also vice versa, where staff use this platform to communicate incidents uh, with us. In Lebanon, the access to security-related information is very easy with all the flash news apps and the website. But we have a role to play actually in that regard is by validating the information and inform our advice to our staff. Well, since we're talking about what national staff can do to improve, I think it's only fair. We also ask then, what do you think international non-government organizations can do to improve trust and security for national staff and local partners? Trust is very important when it comes to security, especially amongst national staff who are very much familiar with the context. Um, a trust can be enhanced by adopting participatory approach uh, and involving uh, field and national staff in the security system and decision making. Uh, for example, uh, for IRC country program, we do involve national staff uh, from different departments and programs in the security risk assessment, security procedures, and contingency plan. Uh, this is on field level. On national level, we also uh, involve uh, the concerned department when it comes to producing any SOP uh, that is uh, may affect their work too and they may have an insight uh, uh, in the in this sop uh, we should also advocate with donor uh, to increase the fund uh, of for security related capacity building activities and programs for national staff and that's being done by articulating our needs when it comes to national staff uh, and with regard to uh, national organizations, INGOs should be proactive with their relationship with their partners um, by assessing their security system and providing uh, recommendations. Um, and they may take it one step up uh, by supporting them in creating their own security system. Um, also, uh, international uh, national organization uh, and local uh, local organization uh, may be may take part in the coordination meetings held on country or field level. And finally, can I ask if you've got any final words or advice for anyone listening to this episode, uh, particularly national staff? With all the work is being done uh, around security management, security is everyone's responsibility and remains everyone's responsibility. Security management starts from everyone and uh, uh, we as staff are responsible to enhance this in our organization. Noah Kosaibani, thank you very much for joining me today on the podcast. Thank you. 
You can find out more about the International Rescue Committee at rescue.org forward slash country forward slash Lebanon. The Security Incident Information Management Project builds the capacity of NGOs to undertake speedier security-related information management and sharing, thereby strengthening humanitarian response. And the project is supported by the European Interagency Security Forum, Insecurity Insight and Redar UK, and is funded by EU Humanitarian Aid. I've been your host, Robert Cudmore. Thank you for listening.